This morning we're doing a morning podcast because we have a special guest on, Drew Latin. Would you um, like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get to do my spiel. I, ha- I think I kind of had one. He's a dank memer. He's an educator. He's a father. He's a pastor. And he was a church planter. Sort of, yeah. Sort of. Ex-church pastor. <laughs> Church planter. Uh, I think that's about it. Did I miss anything? Oh, I'm sure you did, but probably for the benefit of our audience. Really there. Okay. And my reputation. Yeah, and your reputation. Oh, a little bit of a homesteader? My wife is. I am a homesteading supporter. Uh, okay. Somewhat reluctant homestead supporter, but... <laughs> Somewhat part of the process, at yes. least. Uh, anyway, so... It's kind of weird starting one in the morning. We don't have anything really to is. talk about. But I worked construction for the first time in a long time yesterday. And we did some staining and took a lot of recycling stuff around. And mm-hmm. Travi was working with us. It was kind of funny. He's like, Cousin Travi. Yeah. He's 11 or 12. It's kind of fun. It just brought back all those memories of like when you were a little kid and riding around with dad and you'd go to all these places and all the people were friendly and you were kind of shy. Um, Got to have McDonald's drive through together. Anyway, yeah, it was just kind of a fun day and kind of helped remember all those times. It was really cool to have a dad that like takes you along on work and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, I did the same thing too. That was a lot of fun yesterday. Like, it's fun when days have a lot of variety in them and things change or well things change for the better in this case but yeah we got it was really nice yesterday what 70s something like that yeah Yeah. yep how's your life going drew good good uh i guess the most exciting thing that's happened today is i backed all the way out of my driveway instead of turning around but um good long driveway (laughs) yesterday we spent a couple few hours packing up little care packages for our middle school students so i wrote in permanent marker on bubble up bubble wrap envelopes like 60 different addresses oh man so we had a good time it felt really good to make that connection when our students can't be here and our eighth grade students are graduating to high school and so yeah, that was that was a nice contact we had. And physical mail is always a huge thing these days because it's or for me it's very rare. <laughs> it, it's not a huge thing, therefore it is a huge thing. <laughs> yes, uh, that's cool. Like, what did you send them? Just... Oh, just a bunch of. I was going to say junk, but that could be kind of pejorative. Um, just a bunch <laughs> of little little toys and candy and pixie sticks and nice. gel pens and stuff like that. That's cool. Microwave popcorn. That was my big contribution. Oh, oh that's a good one. Unpopped <laughs> microwave popcorn. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too hot of a day on the day it gets delivered. Good yeah. one, Patrick. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> oh, maybe one thing just to clarify. You're a middle school English teacher yeah. at LCO K-12. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, keeping her moving, I guess, should we jump into your story? That's all right. Just start telling the story. Yeah, maybe some <laughs> setting. Where and when does this start? Okay, well, it's kind of a, a long story that takes the place takes place over many, many states in the union. Um, in brief, 
See, we didn't even ask how long this podcast is. Like, I can make this an hour-long exposition Ooh. of my childhood. <laughs> I, I'm thinking maybe we want to keep it around 10, 15 minutes. So. Childhood trauma is the podcast we do in the evening. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, we moved to Minnesota, and um, so that's kind of where I grew up uh, yeah. for my like teenage years. North Shore, right? North Shore, Minnesota. I've been all over the world, and the North Shore of Minnesota, Highway 621, is got to be like one of the most beautiful places in the world we would agree mm-hmm. so yeah i grew up there right south of the border on lake superior and you know it's a beautiful place but it's awfully isolated <laughs> and i i really felt when i was 16 17 years old just a passion for missions and wanted to get involved in reaching out but i was 16 17 years old right mm-hmm. and i didn't really want to like i had my siblings we didn't have a church nearby and I really wanted to start like getting an experience in evangelism and outreach and Bible study with people. So I started looking for opportunities, you know, like in your, in your teens and you're like, everything is just so important and mm-hmm. just anyhow. So, um, a ministry that my, we had gotten mailings from them for years. They were having a missions training camp in Tennessee where they were based. And I was like, well, this is fantastic. This is the, experience I need yeah. and it's actually really cool if you're going to do a missions training camp for young people they did it really well because before we did that week of training they made us do three months of intensive bible study with like homework and like they're like you have to pass out 3,000 tracts before you can come down here oh, now say what you want man. about tracts yeah. like it's better than nothing and it was huge wow. there's a lot of buy-in yeah exactly so um did that? I think I only got like two thousand tracts, but the idea was that you tried. Yeah. I mean, there are only two thousand people oh. in Lake County, so <laughs> yeah, it might be annoying people. Fact check, not true. <laughs> so um, yeah. I ended up going down there, but I didn't have a driver's license. I'm I'm like oh, geeky yeah. homeschool type flannel uh-huh. shirt wearing back then, and um, so like my dad's like, I'm not going to pay your insurance until you're eighteen, uh-huh, and yeah. um. So I took Greyhound, and I just want to say, if you ever want an experience, yeah, like just for the experience, Greyhound is something else. You see a lot of American culture that <laughs> <laughs> you um, see aspects of American culture that you don't usually see in yeah. northern Minnesota or Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so I got on the bus and sat next to a guy who was like coming down a high from drugs, and he was just. Like totally paranoid and got to hang out with a (laughs) street preacher that would giving out these posters about the end times. But like street preacher doesn't mean he was preaching the Bible. It was pretty esoteric. (laughs) Anyhow, get down there, have a great week. And Mm -hmm. they have missionaries from especially Southeast Asia is where they were working Uh at the time. And we're talking and we're learning about Bible translation and we're learning how to like live out on our own and, and, you know, not have electricity and all these different things we did, went to prisons and things like that. So it was a lot of hands-on stuff too. Yeah. And a lot of teaching. It was, Uh it was great. They really packed a lot in one week. One of the guides there was a missionary to the country of Lao, which Mm -hmm. is, or, or Laos. Um, you can actually say either one, but I don't like to say Laos because I'm a kind of jerk like that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, the country of Lao and he 
he and I really hit it off, and he he was actually like saying we need more people over there to work mm-hmm. in literature distribution and Bible studies, and uh-huh. so the whole point was after the week they kind of want you to buy in, and they want to send guys over to Southeast Asia. I see. And I just was really excited about this. I was uh-huh. like, so they were going to have like this sort of like long short term, <laughs> short term missions is such a malleable term it, it's sure. it's so flexible anyhow so like six months or something yeah and um to to bangkok thailand and i was really excited and then we'd go to Laos, and i was just really having this feeling in my heart like maybe maybe Laos is the place uh-huh. i don't know i don't know what you guys hear and what what your like young people culture is but for the weirdos that want to be involved in missions there's this idea of like so where is God calling you? <laughs> I yeah, didn't know where God before. was calling me. I was uh-huh. like, well, I think he's calling me to go into all the world to make disciples, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know where. And that always made me feel like a little bit of a second-class citizen among uh-huh. the among the you know spiritual elite. Especially when you go to a conference like that, there's these people who... They I knew. know that God is calling me to Malawi. <laughs> I know that God is calling me to... They got the DM that they need to go there. Exactly. And and ain't nobody messing with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get that DM. So mm. anyhow, I thought maybe this was it. Maybe I can go to Lao. And so I'm like, great, we'll be in touch. And I was... Um, 18 years old at the time. Wow, okay. My, my driver's license story is another story I won't get into <laughs> here. But yeah, I think I was 18 and still didn't, still wasn't driving. And um, so I jumped back on the Greyhound. And in Bowling Green, Kentucky, there were mechanical difficulties. Oh. And we got stuck and they had to reroute our bus through another, one of those other countries in the South. And, <laughs> and so I didn't get up to Minneapolis which was my final connection up to Duluth, which was where my parents were going to pick me up. I didn't get up there until like an hour and a half after the final bus left. Oh. Oh. So I'm like a green... This is pre-smartphone days. Yeah. This is pre... For for me, it was pre-phone days. (laughs) This is a trip. You would have had to find like a... uh... Uh, phone booth. Yeah, they're called pay phones. Pay phones, (laughs) whatever. You had to carry change around. (laughs) Yeah, who who does that? Yep. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And so, again, I'm in Minneapolis. I don't have a driver's license. I don't have a phone. Boys and girls, there was a time. (laughs) So I had to go and send a telegraph. No, (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. Um, And I can't get a hold of my mom and dad. Is this summer or winter? It was some uh, late summer. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so I can't get out. <laughs> well, if it was summer in Tennessee, it was probably winter. Yeah, I thought <laughs> good that it would be winter yeah. in, in Minnesota, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was late fall. Anyhow, I get up there, and they're like, "Okay, so um, can somebody come and pick you up?" There, I was basically like the only guy that was making that connection to Duluth because everybody oh. else was. Yeah, they left. Yeah, and so I'm like looking around. I don't have a phone. I can't get a hold of my parents on the payphone oh, because man. they lived way up north and didn't have access to a phone at home either. Oh. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go up to the counter, and this Asian-looking lady in oh, Minneapolis no. is sitting there, and she's like, "So you can't get a hold of people to pick you up." Um, so what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to comp you a night at the hotel. 
Uh-huh. I never like spent a night basically ever by myself <laughs> ever in a strange city, nonetheless. Yeah, <laughs> Minneapolis is a nice place, but it, it wasn't back then. Didn't feel like it then. And this yeah. is like downtown, not downtown, but like the Greyhound side of yeah. town. <laughs> Anyhow, and, and so I'm like, oh, she looks Asian. That's really interesting. I was at this missions conference, and they're talking about reaching Asia and stuff. And this is really yeah. interesting to me. But I couldn't just ask you, where are you from? Don't be that American. But here's the interesting thing. So I wouldn't have ever talked to her if it wasn't for missing the the connection in Bowling Green, Kentucky. True. And then she's like, so I need your driver's license um, to to check you into the hotel. And I'm like, oh, oh. ma'am, I don't have a driver's license. Well, just photo ID is fine. Um, ma'am, I don't have photo ID. <laughs> and she looks at me as if I'm from another planet. <laughs> She's like, you don't even have photo ID. She's like, you really need photo ID. How are you going to get into clubs or whatever if you don't? <laughs> like, well, one, that's not a primary concern of mine. Two, I'm not actually old enough to get into clubs. Um, I don't think. I've never tried, actually. Depends which club, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so she's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to vouch for you. Oh. And so this Asian lady that I never would have met if I hadn't gotten stranded in Bowling Green, Kentucky... Because I don't have a driver's license, she pulls out a passport. Oh. And her passport doesn't look like an American passport. Not little blue. It's not little blue. It's little maroon, I think. (laughs) I think it's been a while. It was either maroon or green. And she pulls it out, and she opens it up. She's like, like, she was a little bit ticked off with me because, Mm. like, what sort of nutcase? (laughs) Me. And so we go over there, and she vouches for me at the hotel lobby and says, yes, yeah. he gets a hotel room. And so then this is on, like, I could have trashed the room and everything. Yeah. And it would have totally been on them. Oh, man. I, I missed my opportunity there. The one there time that you could have done it. Anyhow. So she pulls she pulls it out, and I kind of, like, lean over and look, and I say, oh, you're from Lao? And she says, yeah, I moved here. And she was from Lao, the country Whoa. of Lao, the country that I was going to go to. Drew, you need to move to Lao. Obviously. <laughs> and so I was like really awkward, but I was like praying that evening. It was really awkward being for myself, but like praying that evening and like, Lord, I think you're really showing me something here. Yeah. I never would have seen that if I hadn't had a, if I had had a driver's license like normal mm-hmm. people. I never would have seen that if I hadn't gotten delayed in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Oh. And like I had just left spending hours talking to this guy who was doing ministry in Lao. Yeah. And that's the story. Oh, man. And that's kind of where it ends. That's exactly where it ends. And I go up. my I get the, the next bus in the morning to Duluth. My parents pick me up, and I tell them that, you know, I think I'm going to Lao. I talk to my pastor. And they're like, eh, you know, we're really glad you got to go work with this ministry thing, and uh-huh. we think it did great things, but we're not super comfortable. We're not telling you not to go, <laughs> but I heard, like, my pastor and my mom and dad were both kind of ambivalent yeah. See, I'm an English teacher, so I'm like yeah. positive. You know what this word "ambivalent" means? <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were kind of of two minds about whether or not I should go to Lao. Yeah. In the sense, like, yeah, we want you to get involved in missions, but uh-huh. we're not sure about this ministry. That's the deep end, real quick. I'm like, oh, great, but God told me. Ooh. So, I waited. I ended up looking going that next year to out to Idaho and Montana because there was a missions organization there and i wanted to go to lesotho africa Ah. and that didn't work out so i went down to mexico central mexico (laughs) 
because maybe God was calling me down there. And that was, I was down there for three months and it was fantastic, but that didn't work out. So I went and worked with a ministry in South Dakota for nine months. That didn't work out. (laughs) And I still had in the back of my mind, like this, this ministry, they were starting this like missions training camp in Bangkok to do outreach in Southeast Asia Uh for young people. And I missed the boat. So that's the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so I guess I don't know how to hear God's voice. I Depending guess, on where you're looking. Well, obviously, like, it seemed pretty, like, I mean, I explained it pretty clearly. <laughs> yeah. Bowling Green, Kentucky, <laughs> Minneapolis, passport, driver's license. Uh, All the boxes were there. They were checked. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what do you do with that? Uh, that is interesting because I've heard, like, the stories that get, published in like short mission story compilations or something are the kinds where that works out yeah um where someone does end up going and it feels like it was handwriting on the wall the whole way for them but yeah what do you take from that (laughs) i asked you first (laughs) uh well here's the funny little postscript yeah uh in 2006 i was at shane mennonite bible institute Mm -hmm. and val yoder was there yeah. And he came up, and he's actually 2005, 2006, and he's like, Drew, I want you to come to our missions training program for young people based in Thailand that reaches out to Southeast Asia. This sounds familiar. A totally different program, though. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the one was an independent fundamentalist Baptist, and if you know Val Yoder, Val Yoder is not an independent fundamentalist Baptist. <laughs> not usually. <laughs> Maybe IFB adjacent, but not really. Not now he's never going to talk to me again. <laughs> and... And so next thing you know, I'm on a plane in 2007 for the inaugural year of the Mennonite. Wait, you're an OG I go. I am the OG. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. I was the OG student or one of the OG students. And then I was um, one of the OG, like going from student to being there. Wow. Yeah. We were there. We were, I was there as a student in 2007 and then 2008 went back as a married couple. Nice. So, so did you get to go to Lao then? I went to Lao. Interesting. Um, way more times than I wanted to go. Um, <laughs> Laos is a wonderful country, but the city of Yenchen is meh. <laughs> yeah. We'll take your word for it. Yeah. So, so what's my takeaway from it? Mm-hmm. My takeaway from it is that God can speak through circumstances, uh-huh. but he doesn't have to. Uh-huh. And sometimes God, God's guiding you through just like common sense steps along the way rather mm-hmm. than these like crazy mysterious, like this means I have to go. Yeah. Sometimes God speaks through just common life stuff and even parents and pastors mm-hmm. rather than the irrefutable um, evidence that you have. Yeah. Cause it's so easy. We can, it's so easy for us to read tea leaves, re- read events in our lives, like mm-hmm. reading tea leaves. And yeah. I've had so many young people come up to me and connect dots about, well, I have to marry this person. I have like literally had, I had one, one friend give me a 15 point, like three page list <laughs> wow. about why this young lady was the one he was going to marry. Was wow. it TJ? It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, that- and he didn't ever marry her oh that is sad that sounds like things that young people do though like i could not not that not that 15 point list thing but like Uh uh-huh like the story (laughs) tj but like the thing of seeing yeah getting delayed at bowling green and then seeing the passport from laos like yeah i could see those dots connecting and getting fired up about that and it's easy for us to like or for me sometimes to like want a special god's will 
Like that's something that yeah. seems elevated in everyone yeah. else's God's will. Absolutely. And not just taking the, this coming, <laughs> paraphrasing stuff you've told me before, but not, not just taking the plain God's will mm-hmm. that we have to like love the people that are close to us, respect our authority and yeah. serve others. And there's nothing wrong with, with like looking at the events around you and taking a hint. Uh-huh. But my, my thing that I learned is it's one thing to take a hint and it's another thing to call your interpretation of events as infallible. <laughs> yeah. So good thing you had parents and pastors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, it probably wouldn't have killed me if I'd gone over. That's true. But I think I needed more time to, um, to age and mature and cure here in Northern Minnesota, Wisconsin. You were a fine and wine by the time you did go. <laughs> I was fine at whining. Anyhow. <laughs> and you had a driver's license and a True passport. That. <laughs> True that. Uh, well, that was a good story. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. All right. So for closing up this episode, um, since we have two school teachers on the podcast, um, our question to, get to know others and yourself this week is what is something you learned recently tj what do you got um mine was very practical and boring but i and obvious but i didn't know this before that copper is what 143 a pound i thought it was dollar 30 cents a pound could be dollar 40 dollar 30 dollar 140 that's what i meant and um Steel and aluminum are cheaper than that, but I forget what their numbers are. Mm-hmm. So you can actually make a little bit of money if you take in yeah. copper. Yeah. And you're saving the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. did you learn? Um, I, mine was very practical, too. I was driving pickup around with you, and I learned that there's settings for the trailer brakes within the truck of the pickup. So yeah. you can make the trailer brakes really try to help out the truck stopping or not. If you have the trailer brakes too sensitive, the trailer will be trying to stop the truck and hopping around back behind you. So, yeah, got to find that sweet spot. Six or so, you said. <laughs> that's what. I, yeah, that's what I. I suppose yeah. it depends on what you're hauling, right? This is yeah. very true too. Was our stuff medium heavy? <laughs> and how fast you tend to drive? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're kind of a Jehu or a grandma. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. between there. Drew, is there anything you thought of? Um. I guess I can't call this quite like learning brand new, but it was brought to my mind again this week. We bought a great big, huge wall map. We, we homeschool, and so we're really trying oh. to up our bona fides for being good homeschoolers. Yes. So we have a gigantic wall map. <laughs> yes. the world. And I had I love I, those at people's houses. I paid 20 bucks extra because I wanted to get the right map projection. Oh. Look this up. It oh. is mind-blowing. Yeah, because it know, can be different. Yeah, the Mercator yeah. projection is the one we usually use, and it's bad. Is that Greenland, Greenland's bigger yeah, than everything? Exactly. That's the first thing everyone notices, like, Greenland, whoa. And it's not. It's a lie. You've been like, this is a conspiracy theory that's true. But but then our, ours just doesn't, like, it's better, because uh-huh. Greenland doesn't look like this massive orange blob taking the world over. Yeah. But it's not right because then oh. other things are messed up so you have to pick your poison yeah so so for me like i've i'm thinking a lot about map projections and this mm-hmm. tells you about what an amazing guy i am that i have a lot of <laughs> mental space around map projections today uh, well ours is <laughs> silly pop culture so <laughs> but i'm sorry you're not that cool you talked about copper and brakes <laughs> that's true that's true uh, yeah, Mennonite pop culture. Yeah, that, that's a better answer. That's what's uh, cool to us. Or what yeah. we think is cool. Uh, so, what projection did you get? See, so you didn't ask me. I would have checked for sure, but it's a, oh. it's it's the one from National Geographic, okay. and it's a hyphenated thing, and I cannot pull it up for the uh, life of me. Oh. 
Yeah. I, I can uh, look. <laughs> big like technical names are not our forte yeah. a lot. So can you get globes like four foot globes instead of a big map? Well, you could, and then you have a gigantic four foot sphere in your house. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have little children. Uh, so what we have we have a little tiny globe that's like here, look at my my hand podcasters. Um looks like a musk melon about <laughs> Yeah. A little very small musk melon. And um and so they use that and then they can reference it. And so my uh, five year old is making all these comparisons between his little globe and the map. Yeah. He's like, Well, the globe isn't right. And I'm like, No, the globe is right. The map <laughs> is lying to you. Trust the globe. He's gonna turn into a flat earther soon. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyway, I think that'll be about the end yeah. of this episode. Thanks Thank for, you so much for coming. Oh, it's yeah, fun to be here and sure. see your setup. Yeah, and you had a good story for us. Yeah. So I guess that will be all for this week. Thanks a lot for listening. One file. <laughs> all right, go ahead. All right. One more thing, Drew. Is there any other places if people want to hear your thoughts, they can find you? Well, funny you should ask, Mr. Schrock. <laughs> I wanted to mention this earlier. But um, I am actually doing a podcast, co-hosting a podcast with another friend. It's called That Jesus Podcast. So you can go to thatjesuspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to spell Jesus, you probably aren't interested in listening. <laughs> so thatjesuspodcast.com and listen there. The, pod, the, uh, the website is under construction right now, but I'm hoping to have that ready to go by the end of the week. So, nice. What's the elevator pitch for what you guys are talking about? The elevator about? pitch is that we want to be serious about Jesus. We're both somewhat jaded, um, former like radical Christians that kind of were like, well, radical Christianity, that's for teenagers. <laughs> and we're trying to kind of recover some of that and say, uh-huh. what, does, what does it mean to be a radical Christian when you're um, maybe kind of jaded with revival culture, but mm-hmm. want some of that back in your life? Yeah, that's my elevator pitch for it. Titus's the my co-host elevator pitch would be a little different, but he doesn't know what an elevator pitch is. So. <laughs> that's all right. It took me a bit too, but we got. Uh, I kind of liked your answer one time when I asked you, like, who is it for? Like, who's your target audience? It's for each and every one of your podcast subscribers. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> it's for what did I say? Uh, he didn't say that. That's <laughs> something for me, people who are kind of in the process of figuring out where they're at with Anabaptism, people who are comfortable yeah. staying in it, people who are um, kind of on the transition maybe, but still want to stay biblical. Yeah. Um, and, and so part of it is looking at this stuff through a kind of Anabaptist lens, recognizing some of the weaknesses of Anabaptist culture, mm-hmm. but not wanting to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So it, we could call it like a baby identification process. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Baby identification process. Never heard a podcast described like that. But <laughs> well, I'll tune in and check, find out. have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that shout out. Yeah, well, thank you for giving me the chance to. <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode. The next time we record will be this Thursday. It'll be a little bit of a shorter episode, and there'll be some time for any comments or feedback you have or questions. Um, We can answer those on the podcast. Um, Go over to the Instagram page, and uh, there'll be a story there, and you can just DM us. (laughs) 